Hey guys and girls, welcome back to Molecule to Market, where we go inside the outsourcing space of the global drug development sector. And I'm your host, Roman Segal. And in today's episode, um, I will be talking through uh, part two of the 2023 to 2024 reflections and trends. And if you are watching the video version of this podcast, and well done to you for going to the website and accessing this information quicker than anyone else that might be listening on the podcast. So this is a new trial for us in terms of the way that we um, produce and publish specific content and we would love your feedback in terms of whether you think um, it's best for you to receive it this way, way or uh, another way. Um, I'm not planning on doing videos for every single podcast, so don't worry too much about that um, but yeah love to get your feedback on on this particular format so um if first and foremost if you haven't already please listen to the first five trends that went out at the back end of 2023 um which you know will give you a bit of a grounding to what we're going to talk about in the next kind of 20 minutes or so and depending on the time this podcast goes out, which I suspect will be sometime in January, um, goes without saying, but happy new year to you. And I hope you've had some time off over the festive period and, uh, yeah, have already kind of well on your way to a successful 2024. All right. So let's crack on with the trends. So trend number six that I wanted to talk about today in terms of what we gathered from the episode this year um, is despite M&A, it remains a fragmented market, particularly, I would say, in the CDMO space. What's been interesting, I think, because of the capital constraints in the sector over the last 18 months, the M&A market has definitely suffered. Uh, and when I say suffered, I mean kind of the deal flow and the velocity of deals that we saw in previous years, and also just the value of those deals. I spend a lot of my time talking to investment bankers and private equity companies, and there is a time for cautiousness in the sector for, for, for many, many reasons. And I think what this has meant for buyers and sponsors in the space is, um, is evidenced by some of the CEO biopharma podcast types that we've had on in 2023. Um, there is an absolute array of options in the market in contract research, clinical research, contract manufacturing, and everything in between for sponsors to choose from. And that's great in one sense because it gives them lots of optionality for looking for very specific services. Um, but when it comes to the big pharma companies, the indication that we've certainly seen is there is more supplier consolidation. So companies don't necessarily want to be contracting with 200, say, CDMOs across the world. They would much rather do it with 50 because of the obvious kind of cost savings and inefficiencies. And I think the other interesting thing that I've seen work particularly well because of this kind of fragmented nature, we've had several guests come on and talk about strategic partnerships. So this is where you've got several smaller businesses who are banding together to offer clients kind of more of a... Uh, I don't want to say end-to-end because -end, I don't mean it from kind of, you know, molecule to market. Um, I mean it more from 
uh, perspective of the complementary service providers that help a company get to a certain milestone through a particular phase. And I think that's been a theme that we've seen come up more and, and more. And I suppose ultimately, you know, if you look even just the biopharma space alone, there's now 400 plus biopharma CMOs. And that's up from 300 a couple of years ago. So just the amount of new entrants in this space. And hey, when the market's tough like it is, only the only the, the strongest will ultimately survive. And I think ultimately for a lot of you guys out there, you know, the posi- the way you position your businesses, the way you market your businesses, the way you communicate with potential clients will be critical in the next few years. Helps that I have a uh, marketing company in this space for marketing because that's exactly how we help uh, clients. But I do think the preciseness of your positioning will become so, so important in the next few years. I think you do not want to end up in the kind of messy mi- middle or of like a vanilla supply chain partner, whether it be on the CDMO side or CRO side or anywhere else in the in the kind of drug discovery uh, vendor universe. So yeah, definitely one to look out for. And I mean, I suppose separate to that, in a lot of what we're hearing is the M&A market should pick up next year. Um, I don't think it'll happen straight away. I think probably this time next year, we'll see more de- deals and maybe higher level deals. But in the meantime, yeah, there are a lot of options out there for uh, for kind of clients looking for suppliers. Okay, trend number seven is what I've called a new breed of biotechs. You look, despite trend number one in the kind of challenges the biotech market has had, the long-term trend for biotech funding is positive. I believe it's 12 to 15% year on year from memory and just goes up and up. Um you know, which is which is great for, for all of us is that's a lot of where the innovation and the business ultimately comes from. I think what we are definitely seeing, and again this has been if you listen to any of the podcast episodes, right, Alan Shaw he goes into a lot of detail about this, but this has certainly been reinforced by other guests throughout the year. You're seeing a slimmer, more capital efficient biotech that will have a real reliance on outsourcing partners because that will de-risk their their strategy. Um, you know, I was at a conference, uh, the ADDF conference in December, and it was interesting having um, some VCs up on the panel and they said if they were looking at biotech investments, they would be very concerned about a biotech that was wanting to invest in its own manufacturing infrastructure for example um you are much likely to attract investment as a biotech if you are actually using the outsourcing space uh, really 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 well and um you know becoming a, almost a a master of 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 the vendor universe and the ecosystem i think is going to be critical and i think that was referenced by uh, Sean, one of our guests, CEO, biotech guest earlier this year. And so I think you've got these much more cost efficient, oh, sorry, sorry, capital efficient and um, cost conservative biotechs coming into the market and looking at the manner in which they're, they're going to use their partnerships. And I think that's going to lead to the emergence of a much more partnership driven approach, a less transactional 
approach between drug sponsors and uh, kind of outsourced suppliers. Um, you know, ultimately, the data that biotechs get is, is what drives their deal and it's what drives financing in that market. And if they can reduce their risk and lower their cost of goods uh, and get things done quicker, that's going to be the thing that drives the value in, in that biotech business. So that was trend number seven, which is in new breed of biotech. Okay, on to trend number eight, which is this subject you might have heard of called AI. Um, look, I'm sure every single one of you has been trying to get your head around AI, both at a personal level and at a business level during 2023. It is seemingly come out of nowhere in some regards, um, even though it has been a- around for a long time. But I think the accessibility of AI tools and I suppose the incredible nature of some of the ones that I played with make it just too too important to ignore. And you know, for, for podcast listeners of a few years, you know, I've been talking about digitization in the sector for a long time you know this sector especially in certain parts is really really old school and digitization has been an inevitability at some point in time i think ai has kind of trumped that and is going to take that to a new level i think at a, again at a business level you know it i suspect it's going to come up more and more in 2024 in terms of how companies are using it but you know using it to make your businesses more efficient i think is an absolute no no brainer um, and the technology uh, or the, the kind of the, the advancement of the technology that we're seeing um, is going to inflate valuations, no, no doubt, when it comes to, say, say M&A. Um, personally, I think it's really tricky to know how AI is going to really truly disrupt the sector. I think from what we've seen from podcast guests, I think there are certain, um, there are certain elements of the supply chain and drug discovery, like, for example, R&D drug discovery that are going to be dramatically different because of AI, um, where there is a huge data-heavy phase of drug development that can be done quicker through AI, Um, how it will impact clinical research, how it will impact equipment and manufacturing, I have no idea at this point in time, and I suspect you guys are all struggling to deal with it, but it's certainly a topic that we're going to try and unlock and gain some insight on in 2024. I think the reason I had it in here and the reason we put it in here is it has come up with increasing kind of frequency as the year has gone on. Um, And my advice to every single one of you is kind of, do not ignore it. Do not put your head in the sand. Make sure that you are testing and using some tools. I actually offline had a conversation with um, a CDMO CEO um, who was on the podcast this year and met him in person. And actually, one thing he talked about was how they were using uh, ChatGPT to help them with their proposals. So if you even just look at that um, as, a, as, a, as a way of doing it, obviously do it very carefully. Do it sensitively. Do not put any confidential information in there any chatbots like that but nevertheless it was interesting to hear how you know someone like that was using the technology to increase efficiency in their business as the year goes on so this is a topic that will not go away and if you um if any of you 
subscribe to McKinsey's um, kind of management CEO uh, newsletter like I do. I think seven or six of the top 10 articles this year were AI related. So it's not just to this sector, it's clearly impacting many, many sectors. Okay, trend number nine is around adaptability and flexibility. I think if you if you look at the trend within what's coming through the pipeline, um, there is a real explosion in the amount of drugs, especially if you look at orphan drugs and rare disease. Um, there's a real emphasis to try and find treatments for those areas. And so what that's doing is driving lots of new ideas and potential therapies into into early phase research and then indeed into the clinic. And so what that's going to mean in reality, which we've seen and comes up again and again on the podcast is, you know, personalized medicines, smaller patient populations, and that is going to drive demand for more flexible and agile contract service providers. Um, and that goes across the entire board. It goes from contract research, goes from clinical research, goes from manufacturing development. Um, you know, think about smaller batch sizes and actually, you know, whether it's a, an injectable and needing less and needing less syringes or, or whatever it is, like the impact is sizable. So the reason I mentioned this trend is I think it's really important for you guys to think about agility and flexibility. And again, if you go back to um, uh, my trend number six, the fragmented nature of the market and how you position yourselves, like being able to demonstrate flexibility and adaptability to meet um, in these biotechs that need partnerships might make or break businesses. It actually might really, really accelerate the business growth uh, for your own organization and get traction if you're able to really nail that part of it because actually whatever way you look at it and um, being able to scale and adapt and respond to clients quickly and help them get to their goals and their milestones will ultimately um, be a great reputation builder for you guys but also have that client coming back for whatever the next phase of their their project is so so again that flexible solutions agility adaptability that stretchiness if you like i think is going to be critical to uh, the way that clients or the way that many clients are looking for service providers uh, for the year ahead and beyond that. Okay, last but not least is uh, trend number 10. And I'm just calling this green shoots. I think if you listen to any of the last 15 to 20 podcasts at the back end of 2023, you will hear that phrase of green shoots coming up again and again. What's difficult to know is whether how much of that is bravado and optimism and positive positivism, if that's whips, um, or how much of it is, um, you know, data-based um, green shoots and what we expect to happen and what the data is telling us. But whatever way you look at the year that we've had, and you know, obviously, if you go back to the first trend, like it has been a tough year for many for many reasons. For that first few trends, in fact, have have made this a more difficult market environment for us all to operate in. But if you look at the underlying tailwinds of the market that we play in, they are very very healthy. R and D spend is up and continues to grow. Um, as I mentioned before, clinical pipelines are 
are growing year on year and there are thousands of assets in clinic and are not coming into the clinic. Sales of drugs continue to be high everywhere globally and as a consequence of that outsourcing where and where most of us play, irrespective of the segments, continue to grow. Um, large molecule has had explosive growth in the last few years. But small molecule continues to do what it always does. It's the backbone of drug development and continues to grow. And what is interesting is if you've seen the ups and downs of a lot of um, large molecule service providers in the sector this year, the small molecule side has actually performed pretty pretty well on the whole. Um, and if you, uh, you know, there's a couple of episodes where we had people coming on talking about how they're using technology to almost unlock the potential of small molecule products. Again, I think that's certainly thing one to watch uh, for the year, the years ahead. The kind of addressable market in this space is is absolutely huge, and I think that's probably going to continue to grow as big pharma companies outsource more and more, and smaller biotech companies need you know lead on suppliers more. Um, and so again, another underlying kind of healthy trend for for us as as an industry i think the fda and the regulatory associations are getting to grips with the new modalities and i think that will smooth out in the next couple of years from what what we gather from from guests in in kind of new modalities so again if you take that as a, a bit of a trend it should smoothen the path for more of these products to come through which again i think will impact uh you know m- many of you guys in a, in a in a positive way and despite you know the tough tough time for biotechs they're still tons of them out there and more than ever before so you know if you look at the buyers in the space there are more and more out there that are willing to outsource so i think you know i think it's going to be a i don't think it's going to be like a stellar year in 2024 from an outsourcing perspective but i imagine we'll see some stabilization in the market um biopharma will continue to streamline and continue to outsource which again will be positive I, I suspect for for the market and again that's been reinforced by many of the the guests that we've had on this year and, and it has been a very tough year for for many service providers in, in in 2023 um but again on the whole i think we have to look at the long-term health and of the market and i think that is is really really positive so so look i'll just quickly go through those uh, the the kind of six to ten again so number six was despite MA, it remains a fragmented market so as to that point standing out and differentiating is critical a new breed of biotechs was trend at number seven number number eight was artificial intelligence number nine was the need to be adaptable flexible and number 10 was green shoots I think on the whole, the outlook remains positive and I would go into 2024 with uh, cautious optimism and a sense that we need to weather the storm that we're, we're going through and proceed with caution. Um, cash will be remain critical in, in the next year for many of us. Um, but, you know, we have to look at the bigger picture in, in the market. So, and that's been, you know, a bunch of trends that have been... Uh, represented and evidenced by many of the guests that we've had on in 2023. So there you have it, um, 10 trends uh, from molecule to market. Thank you for tuning in. 
and watching the video or listening to the podcast, however you've consumed uh, today's content. Uh, we really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. We've had loads more ratings, um, which is really kind. But if you haven't done so, just you know, take a quick moment and go. It takes literally two seconds. You go to the app and then you press five stars and that's it. You don't you can leave a comment, but you don't have to. If you think this is a good episode and there is anyone in your organization or elsewhere in your network that you think would benefit from today's conversation and today's information, and please uh, share the podcast with them as well. If there are any guest nominations you've got, or uh, if you think your organization should be on the podcast, then get in touch with us through the molecule to market pod.com. Uh, thank you as always to my team for putting today's podcast together. And in particular, this is a slightly different uh, approach in terms of the video aspect as well. So hopefully it's been uh, well received. Sorry, you have to see my face if you watched the video, but you can just uh, you put me on your headphones and ignore me. Um, but yeah, hopefully see a lot of you ahead in you know, in person in, in 2024. I'm very positive, although I've uh, damaged my knee, which means I'm grounded and unable to to um, travel to JP Morgan that will be at DCAT certainly and some many of the other conferences later this year once my ACL reconstruction um, gets fixed but that will teach me for playing soccer at my my age um, all the best for 2024 and thank you again for listening hi again thanks for tuning in to today's show really hope you enjoyed the episode for more shows have a look on spotify apple or amazon wherever you like to listen and do make sure that you subscribe so the next episode comes direct to your device automatically and please get in touch via our website at molecule to market pod or via LinkedIn or Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. So if you have a guest that you want to suggest or someone in your organization that you think would make a great guest on Molecules Market, then please let us know. We'll see you very soon. You're listening to Molecule to Market, where we go inside the outsourcing space of the global drug development sector. The podcast for professionals working in the pharma and biotech contract services space. Molecule to Market is sponsored and funded by Remarketing, an international content, digital, and design agency that helps companies get noticed, raise profile, and generate leads in life sciences.